Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have Miss Whitney Simmons. Welcome, Whitney. Hey, Anika. How you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, I'm having a good day, and yourself? Um, it's a crazy day, but guess what? We're still blessed. So, me and you have been talking, so I'm, I'm going to fill the listeners in on the fact that you've been on the podcast before. And mm -hmm. you were on a panel, and the panel was amazing. And initially, you came on to talk about being an entrepreneur and some of your history. But in the panel discussion, we started talking about topics about our voice and how to use our voice. So before we get into the topics that we talked about, I want you to give the listeners a little background on who you are and what you currently do. All right. Well, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, uh, Fifth Ward area to be exact. I graduated from Springwoods High School, went to Sam Houston State University, graduated from there. Um, there I, I pursued English and mass communication. And I wasn't very, I wasn't a socialite on campus. I was very to myself, very reserved. And I kept the same friends that I met freshman year all throughout. And I still talked to them. It was only three, four people, only four people. Um, <laughs> Other than that, let's see, outside of college, um, I've gained internships or certain job titles, and some of them worked out for me, some of them didn't, and some of them led me to, other, to more opportunities. So um, with that, I'm very grateful for every experience that I've had, even if it wasn't so um, long-lasting, it still led me to where I should be now. And where I am now is I am a radio host and I'm also a model. Um, my radio show is called Witten Keach. Is you can hear it on Houston Media Sources website every Thursday from one to two. And what we do is we uplift and empower women of all races, all backgrounds, all ethnicities. We just want to uplift women, and that's not to say that we down talk men because we don't. We take both sides and we look at it through both sides, but. We just really love the fact that women are so powerful. We feel like that. And a lot of people try to deplete us. Like they try to diminish, oh, she needs to go sit down. Well, no, like if people could realize that they need us more than treating us, objectifying us, then that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make breakthroughs with that. And as far as modeling goes, and I'm trying to make breakthroughs with colorism in the modeling industry and just proven to myself that I can actually be a model like I can be chosen to do such a thing which is still like kid in a candy store for me so that's that's where I'm at, at right now and that's amazing because we we wound up talking about colorism we talked about modeling we talked about image in the previous podcast and so that's what I wanted to elaborate on but I also wanted to talk about how you got to your platform so I know, I know your history, but I want you to tell um, the listeners why colorism is an issue for you as a model because they can't see you. So explain to them what it is about you that made you pick this topic as a platform. Okay. Well, personally, I have experienced um, certain agencies don't want to work with you because they have their post a girl image and if you don't fit that image then 
well, you just won't be able to be signed with them. And um, <laughs> that, or even if you are at a fashion show, they will ask you to leave if you don't fit their description. Even if you've already been chosen by that designer, you've already made it through the casting call, but you're there behind stage, they can still tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, you gotta go, you don't fit, you're too ethnic. That is a real thing that does happen. It happened to me before. Luckily, thank God, that the designer that chose me to be there, she still said, no, I'm, I'm keeping her. She's staying unless she's going to walk. And I did. Thank God for that. Um, but even me knowing that, I went to the runway knowing that about it. And I was just like, okay, now is my chance to prove myself then because they're already looking eyes on me saying she's too ethnic. Well, I don't know. I'm just a model. And you're going to see that. So, and I was able to do that. Um, and, and I'm not the only one. And it happens worldwide. There's other races. There can be um, people of Asian background that won't get chosen for certain things because of that. Or people of different shades of black won't be chosen for certain things because of that. It, it's not even just black people. It's just a worldwide thing. It's a shame. And break down what colorism is. Colorism is discriminating against someone simply because of the shade of their skin tone. It doesn't mean the race, it doesn't mean the ethnicity, it's literally their skin tone and their shade. So say you, you put a light skin and a dark skin woman in the, um, in, in the same room. Uh, it doesn't really matter who they are mentally, you're gonna automatically assume that the darker skin woman is more promiscuous and the lighter one, of course she's more classy. Like that's just, that right there is a, just an assumed description of colorism. Okay. And how is it that you came to feel the importance to talk about this, to speak your voice on this issue? What made you speak up about this? Just colorism, period. I mean, I was teased as a child, of course, with kids at the school with, uh, constantly. And it made me wonder, like, is it really that bad? Is my skin tone really that big of an issue that it has to be reminded constantly every day that I'm black or not even just black, but I'm darker than most people. And I'm not even like, I've seen people darker than me. Like, so it used to make me wonder like, geez, am I really that bad? And then the fact that it was kids that were my own race doing it made me feel even worse. It made me feel like, okay, I can't fit in because of but we're all, it, it, it messed with me. It was, it was confusing. Um, I never went to my parents about it, but I'm pretty sure they knew that was going to happen anyway because they went to school. They know how, what that is. Uh, my dad's my skin tone, my mother's not. So I'm pretty sure they still knew what, what that was, um, especially since they were older. Of course they know. Um, so they tried to encourage me at home. Um, as far as beauty, some reason we're still not accepted as beautiful you still hear you're beautiful for a black girl which is or for your skin tone you're so beautiful what, what why does beauty has to be defined by that can it just be defined as oh this is a cute little boy or what have you like it has to be skin tone first that's what people see first and it's a shame and it's so interesting that you say that because you said you're cute for a black girl like I can honestly say as a black female, I've heard that a million times. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've spoken before, I have, my children are different shades and they are treated differently according to their shades. 
And it's something that has always bothered me because I feel like my daughters look, to me, they look very similar. They have the same face and profile, but they have different complexions. And it's amazing to me the reaction that I get from different people. And it really, really bothers me because as a child, I grew up as a light-skinned girl raised by a dark-skinned mother and a dark-skinned brother. And my father was not around. So everybody used to say, where'd you get her from? So it's really funny. Yeah, I used to get that all the time. Or people thought that my brother was my boyfriend and not my brother. So, I mean, this is something that until we talked about on the podcast uh, two weeks ago, I had never really vocalized my feelings about it. Um, Even in college, people assume that you are in a certain sorority or fraternity based on your skin complexion. Mm -hmm. And so this is, it's, it's so interesting to me. And it's so powerful that, that you decided to, to talk about this because it's relevant and it's relevant, not only in our community, but for me, uh, my best friend is Mexican. And even in the Hispanic culture, it is, it's an issue. Um, Even with her children, it's an issue. Her children are different complexions and people really do have preferences and it's, it's sad and it's a shame. And, and I don't want to say it's ignorant, but it, it, it really kind of is because it's not important. It's just not important. We should not be judged on who we are. We should not be judged on how we look versus who we are. But when I say who we are for us as entrepreneurs and for you as a model, especially it's, it's so hard to not speak your voice but you're going to be judged by your voice in your industry. Yeah. So it's, it's a different pressure for you. You have it pressure is. coming from all angles. Yeah. Because then no one's going to want to work with the girl that's vocal about it. You know, like, Oh, I just want her to represent my brand. What is she talking? What is she doing? That's why the last time when we were on here, I was saying, I want to wait before I really start my movement because then it, it won't, I need my platform first. Then once I get that, then it's like, okay, I actually have a voice. I'm not doing this just for the looks or for the fun and games. No, I'm doing this. So I want to break barriers. Um, I've always been told that I should have been a model as a, as a kid. And yes, we pursued it, but it was, it's, I lived in an area where it wasn't popular. Like it, if it wasn't, it was a scam. So it, it just wasn't able to, to be done the way we would hope as a kid. Now I'm able to see, open my eyes and see and get connections now. But even still, I'm in Houston and it still happens. The colorism thing is not like I'm in Paris or I'm in the places where you would think it would happen. Like I'm in my own hometown and the people that are my own race are telling me that, you know what I mean? And I know that it won't be the only time. It was the first time that's happened as far as modeling goes, but it won't be the only. And I know it won't be the last. So I'm more prepared for it now because uh, it was unexpected. All right. Um, other than that, I'm trying to get back to the question you asked me. I don't remember, but everything that you said is so important and, re- and relevant. <laughs> True. And- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, that's why I was saying last time I want to wait until I start this movement because it's, it's like I don't want to do make the wrong move and then get shut down completely yet, you know, because I'm, I'm not up there yet. Do you know what's so interesting that you say that is as as entrepreneurs, as minorities, how often is it that we have to be silent when we should be able to raise our voice? 
it's sad. It's so sad. I mean, even in the relationship, you can be so, you can just take for so long, you're just waiting on the person to get their act right. And it's like, okay, I'm getting you chance after chance. When are you going to change it? And then boom, you get either that or even at your job. Yep. Mm -hmm. Jobs, relationships, school, you know, and, and that's why the name of this podcast is Your Voice, Your Power, because our voice is our power. And I was one of those people that didn't speak up or advocate for myself for a long time. And then when I figured out how good it felt to speak my mind, I've never looked back. And, you know, even in the last couple of days, I'm constantly told, you know, to be mindful of what I say. But if we are shunned or silenced, what power do we have? Don't have one. I mean, because it stays to yourself and no one will ever know. You have to, like, you have to get it out there, but you have to get it out there. And then it's like, it's with certain uh, conditions attached. Like, you can't be too strong. You can't be too, especially as a woman, you can't be too this or too that. I mean, look at it this way. We're black women. Black women are, according to a lot of statistics and a lot of, just us knowing that we are the most disrespected period right me too movement was started by a black woman and look who's light shedding light on it white women in hollywood it's not even it's like yes go ahead and, and tell your story go ahead and, and let us know what happened expose these men in these big suits and um thinking they can get away with acting like that go ahead but at the same time, where are the sisters that 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 birthed this movement? You know, it's it's almost like we just can't win for. It's gotten this recognition. Sexual assault is very important to me. It's near and dear. But it's just like it doesn't matter what it is. We're not gonna always get get to be too vocal about something because yeah, even that. Yeah. I know for me, my hardest part is getting credit for my ideas. Yeah. Uh, and that's something, you know, that's one of the reasons why I do speak my voice because a lot of times, a lot of things happen and we don't get credit for what we do. Yeah. And, and that really deters other people from doing anything. People dummy down because they're tired. And the one message I want listeners to hear out of this whole conversation is no matter what your truth is, no matter what your message is, you have a voice. And you know, even you saying that you wanna build your platform first, that's not wrong, that's strategic. You know, is that you have to, you have to prepare yourself for, for battle. I, I worked in a drug treatment center and I would always tell everybody that, that life is, is like war. You have to keep your armor on at all times and you always have to have your tools because if you don't think before you do certain things, and if you don't have things in place before you make a move, then mm -hmm. you're gonna lose. And so even with you having this platform and having this on your heart, I, I really asked the question, and you gave it to me indirectly, is that this became a passion of yours out of experience, out of you pursuing a dream that you had your whole life, and then discovering that you didn't even know that you were gonna be treated differently just because of the color, the shade of your skin. And so mm -hmm. that's the one thing I want women to understand and listeners to understand is that most of our businesses, most of what we do, it came from 
a problem, a need, or I always say a trauma. And then it is traumatizing, you know, yeah. that you can't just walk out the door and be who you are without looking at media, at whatever, and, and, and being judged by the shade of your skin. It's crazy. It's so sad because you can go and get these fearful looks from random people whenever you just walk into a, ra a, a random place. Um, you can go and get these looks like, I think she's going to steal out of my shop. Let me follow her around. You can go and do that. And I understand like as a, if I was a business owner and I owned a small shop, I'm going to be aware of people that are stealing. I will, but I'm not going to target just because that person's black, I'm going to follow them around. I'm going to target it based off of what I know on thieves. That's just, I mean, if I see somebody stuffing something in their pocket, like the point is I don't want to go ahead and just put targets on black people or be a stereotype. If anything, really what I want to do is like I said, have my voice, but not at the, not yet. Cause I promise, I feel like if I do it too soon, then I'll, I'll get knocked down. I just do. Um, but what I want to do is uplift my own community. Fifth Ward is where I'm from. That's where, that's like home to me. That's where I grew up. So I know for a fact that there was not really a whole lot there as far as, um, what can I say? Equal opportunities as other areas in Houston. So what I would like is for to give back, pay it for it, do something for the community in order for the kids to know that, hey, you don't only have to stay here. You can go camping. You can go and do whatever it is you want to do. You can take, take them on field trips or something like that, but that'll all come with the territory whenever it happens. So my question to you now is with your backstory, with your radio show, modeling, and becoming an entrepreneur, what future projects do you have? What are your aspirations moving forward? Good question. Okay, um, my future projects, let's see. I want to grow even more when it comes to women empowerment. I often read books on feminism and I try to keep up with news on women that are, are happening now and not, not in Hollywood, just in regular places, like anywhere. I try to keep up with that, even worldwide, even uh, the demographics. Now, I do that so that I can stay polished on my knowledge of what's going on. Like, for instance, if there's a, a certain part of the, the, the world where women are not allowed to just go to school, just say that, and then all of a sudden they are, okay, I want to know how that happened. How did that come to be, this, that, the other? So I can have my knowledge. I don't want to just go and just be talking about something I don't know about, because then I have no background. I have no uh, foundation. Um, so with that being said, I want to have, create a, a foundation for women to kind of lean on each other, just help each other out, just be there for one another instead of being so catty, just embrace one another. I want us to, to be able to go into a job, no matter what skin shade you are, no matter what hair type you have, I don't care what it is. I want us to be able to go and get that CEO position because of how I am and not just because you need, you just need another black person to represent your company. So come on, because I know for a fact that there are people who get certain people, like say for instance, if I wanted to be a CEO of, I don't know, Jack in a Box or something like that, but 
I want it to to pay it forward to the black community, and I'm also like a, a a light for the black a lighthouse for the black community. What if somebody they offer me the position, and but they're just like, you know what? But just with this condition, you can't be so vocal. I know they do that to black people. You can't be so vocal when it comes to the black people. You got to focus more on jack in the boxes, like with conditions. I want us to be able to get those to get those jobs, not because they statistically need a black person in their seat, but because, hey, we're qualified. You need to see that. And I had a point with the Jack in the Box thing. Oh, and you're not going to hush me. You're not going to pay me hush money just to um, so that I can have this position. No, I work for it. And I'm here. And it is what it is. That's what I want. I, I want to break barriers for the people that are my skin tone, <laughs> if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That makes per- uh, makes perfect sense because the one thing that's missing is that you know our children seeing people like us, you know. And you, I, I think all the time about how you know growing up we had leaders. You know, we had Martin Luther King. We had people breaking barriers. But you know, our, do our children really have that? Do they have that to look up to? So what you say makes complete sense. And not only that, but there, um, there are a few celebrities that are, are starting to, to do that and, mm-hmm. and raise awareness to colorism. And for me, it's mental illness, you know, and mental wellness. So that's, yeah. that's my platform now. And I have, you know, Charlemagne the Great and Taraji Henson. They're finally, you know, doing this. And, and so foundations, you know, you said something about creating a foundation. It's awesome because that's what has to be done. We have to create systems. We have to put systems in place so that people can reference it. And you said you're doing your research, which you're not only, you're not only talking about something, you are executing. And you know, that's not something that you can do swiftly. You have to take your time and do it strategically, and you're doing that. So I want to thank you for who you are and what you do and what you represent because thank you. you are doing it. And despite what you think, you are making progress. And you're important. You know, Thank you. what you're doing is extremely important. And like, I have, you know, I think about my daughter when I think about you. So it's like awesome because, you know, she'll have somebody to look up to and know that she's beautiful because it's really hard. It's really hard to, to raise kids now with these kind of issues. A lot of people don't ever think about this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's hard as a parent, as a, as a wife, as an entrepreneur, you know, we should be able to just send our kids to school and know that they're going to be okay when they come back, you know, and and I'm not going to say it's only children. This is something that adults do and are guilty of. So in your modeling, um, journey, um, just, just keep your head up and know that you're beautiful no matter what. Don't let anybody steal your joy or your inner beauty. They can they Thank can you. have anything in the world, but don't let them touch your soul. Thank you. That's very important that you say that because a lot of people do give in and they're like, okay, well, you can hush me up for this amount of money. You can't do that with me. <laughs> it won't happen. It will not happen. But what I will do is, like I said, strategically plan it out so that, boom, I can be able to, to finally gain enough traction to say, hey, this is not right and bring on some other women with me. That, to me, is, I hadn't made it until that has happened. But um, I want to thank you for having this platform, and the fact that you named it Your Voice, Your Power is wonderful, because you're interviewing 
I'm a regular person. I mean, I, I Uber and I Lyft drive, but that's my full-time job. So I'm thankful that you're doing this for regular women to speak out and really to be able to say, be comfortable enough within themselves to say, I, I, I have a voice. I have something to say. Let's, let's do this. So I really do. I thank you for making this platform and making it possible for people like me. Thank you. And I'm definitely interested in helping you with your journey because um, you're not alone. And that's, that's what I want women to understand. You're not alone. Like we, we have the same battles and, and we're not meant to do it alone. Nobody should do it alone. We're a village. So true. thank you for um, being here. And also, I think you're already on my website, nobodygreaterinc.com. And also, um, I would like to get some pictures to put in the newsletter. And also, for all of the female entrepreneurs listening, if you guys need any models or anything for the retreats, for the conferences, for any events that we have, let's support each other. And thank you, Whitney, for being here. And this is just the beginning. So I know I'll be talking to you later. So thank of course. you listeners, for tuning into Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. Go ahead and say goodbye, Whitney. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Y'all have a powerful day.